worshipping 10-foot-long penises. Oh my god! And carrying them through the streets in shrines, tens of thousands show up for the largest penis parade every year, following what used to be very solemn Shinto monks. They'll give anyone kimonos now. As legend has it, a sharp-toothed penis-eating demon and beautiful courtesan with a vagina full of fire are at the center of this festival that dates back 400 years. There's lots to drink and it's fun. This is the Kanemara Matsuri Penis Festival of Japan. Listening to grim, explicit histories, grim topics, extreme, dark histories, folklore, and the paranormal for mature audiences. We keep it real, we keep it educational, thought provoking, like a motherfucker. I am Joe Woji, and this is grim. Friends and lovers, beautiful macabre motherfuckers, to your dark family gothic, a family grim cult of education, dark histories, and true crime for mature audiences. Welcome back home to the freshest new insightful grim fuckery and education, indulging you in dark tourism and travel from around the globe. We are some thoroughly searching motherfuckers for you for impactful and seriously fucking cool stories the globe over. I am your voice for everything interestingly educational, grim, and beautiful. Indulging you in dark tourism and travel and embracing your pension for the fresh and the new. If you've been grim with us listening sloppy penis and clitoral kisses to you today from japan don't forget to leave us a review if you haven't already and take an absolutely live dark histories or true crime tour the next time you find yourself with us in the city of philadelphia grim philly.com for tickets we are your mature audience educators historians Joe Woji, Brittany Smith, Adam Iezzi, Ted Sisko. And this, my friends, is Grim. Once upon a time, a long, long time ago, about 400 years ago, in the early Edo period in Japan, samurai warriors, sumo dudes, and ninja motherfuckers running around, amongst which there was once a beautiful woman fiery and independent who the king of the fire demons fell absolutely head over heels fucking in love with but this motherfucker was some unrequited shit the fiery eyed young independent woman said no jealous and hurt the vengeful sharp toothed demon vowed no other man would have the object of his affections inhabited her nether regions and bit off any motherfucking chunk to come anywhere near there. 
Or so was the story of many grim motherfucker dark tourism travelers to the tea house brothels of Kawasaki outside Tokyo. Konnichiwa, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> From the halls of Grimm, where everything is paved with penises. You've heard of the running of the bulls. This is the running of the penises. Of the bulls. <laughs> the running run, of the cocks. There running you of the cocks, yes. Lots and lots of cocks. <laughs> that sounded fucking stupid. It did. <laughs> but you said it. Although, said although it. I do like Kanichiwa motherfuckers. I get it. You said it. It's like the world's biggest bachelorette party. Like phallic necklaces and games, dong-shaped food. Well, they have a they have a vegetable carving contest. I saw yeah. that. Where it's like, you know how like you have like for a harvest festival they have the pumpkin they carving the, contest? Yeah, they, they, they use like a radish or something? Rad- like a, yes, yeah. it's a radish. Daikon, yeah. mm-hmm. And they have ice carving too. Apparently ice it's carving. always a radish. I feel like... Well, because what? a daikon is a long white... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I get yeah. that. But I meant like back when we were doing the Halloween episode, they yes. were carving radishes. I feel like everybody's always a, carving radishes. Turnip. Well, they're not... Turn up. Okay. But we don't have penis carving radishes for Halloween. Halloween, though. That's no. the that's the thing we've got to kind yeah, of adopt from the Japanese culture, I think. Oh, that, that unsurprisingly, they replace our like you know the the candied apples on the stick. They do bananas <laughs> dipped in chocolate. That's kind of genius. They're like, we don't even have to do anything with this. Like, it's, <laughs> it's already phallic. It's actually well, it's, a really, it's a really neat festival. Well, though. it's kind of like the Mardi Gras of the East, almost in a way. But I mean, they revived this thing in, in what, like 1970 or something like 1970. that. 1970, and they had this like 400 years ago and like like uh, just after about the year 1600 i think um, that's what i saw yeah Brittany, did you have the like like a little bit more of the seriousness of the roots of the festival here to talk about a little bit to lay the foundation for us yeah so this festival is also known as the penis festival or the festival of the steel phallus and the steel phallus uh i assume comes from the legend uh surrounding this whole festival where i don't know if it's already been talked about but about the young woman who a demon falls in love with and to show how much he loves her he decides to hide in her vagina and <laughs> basically when she goes to get married the demon bites the penis of her twice. husband to be and this happens twice, twice. Yes, yeah absolutely not just <laughs> once but the demon because that motherfucker is, like without his penis is no good so she has to get another guy yeah so there's <laughs> two throw, wedding nights that throw are ruined him to by the wayside <laughs> I need somebody with a penis now. Absolutely. So two wedding nights are obviously destroyed. And so the and that second guy is help. like, why didn't you tell me this yes. would happen? You're like, you if knew this would the happen. the first time you didn't know this was going to happen. Imagine if you're the third guy. <laughs> well, the third guy got smart. Well, yeah. Well, I know, she, but I mean, well, she actually goes she got help. smart. She went to the blacksmith. Yeah, she went to the blacksmith and was like, I have a demon who is biting off dicks. And basically... <laughs> Make you know, be direct phallus. about this. And so, yeah, the, the blacksmith the makes an iron phallus yeah. to basically break the teeth of the demon digital. that's hiding in her vagina. And so, yes, steel phallus festival. Um, and if you ever have a demon hiding in your vagina, just go to the blacksmith. Like, just straight so, away. It's just don't, that easy. Yeah. Don't mess we around. We make fences, swords, you know, cannons sometimes. We also make steel dicks. Don't mess around. Just go straight to the blacksmith. Save those motherfuckers that you like. <laughs> There, are, there actually is a modern horror movie. I believe it's called Teeth. Yeah, Teeth. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's about a girl whose vagina eats is possessed. Guys, yeah, yeah. Dicks, yeah. yeah, eats guys' dicks. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. That came out. And at first, she's only right? from at Japan. Takes revenge. She becomes like a, like a serial killer. Yeah. yeah, she kills people with yeah with her with her, her vagina. Yeah. <laughs> 
Have you guys ever seen those chastity belts though? Like the Venetian chastity belts. Oh yeah, those uh-huh. are, and all. I mean, they were like spiky. Like you would you would lose your junk in those if you tried to enter, and that was the. But that, that's point a little more it. obvious. Like people would see right. that and they're like, oh, you know well, that, that sounds like a bad idea. Hey, can I get this off? Right, There's you didn't know about the demon. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know about the demon. But so this is all happening uh, at a, a shrine. The town's like located outside of Tokyo in Japan, and so the shrine is also associated with a married couple, two deities that are connected with fire, blacksmithing, and sexuality. So originally, before it kind of became super popular in the more modern times in the 70s and 80s and things like that, uh, more historically, this was a shrine that was very popular with basically individuals who were looking for a good marriage or whether you had sex workers who were looking for protection against sexually transmitted diseases, different things like that if they wanted to avoid that. Apparently, it also became popular in the 70s and 80s because people were also going to the shrine for protection against HIV and AIDS and all that too so like the idea has been around also couples would go to the shrine for fertility and have a safe basically childbirth so well, there were the, a couple different things associated with the shrine historically speaking the the two other deities the ones that are associated with blacksmithing i think it's kaneyama hiko and kaneyama hime, hime. yes mm-hmm. they uh they were the gods who basically helped rebuild izanami's lower portion of her body because her her firstborn i think was like a, a fire god and wrecked okay. everything from her waist down and they rebuilt it for her that makes sense. So then. there's that like and there's, there's the that weird link between different like, legends because yeah. the one legend is that she gave birth to a fire deity and so she had like fire coming out of herself <laughs> as she yeah. gave birth, which killed her. In one of the stories, she she died. In another story, she just was burned very badly down there. So it was a place Kawasaki, which is just outside of Tokyo. This was on the road to a lot of the places further to the west, and the people would be going and traveling to, and they would stop at those tea houses and getting prostitutes, and so. The prostitutes there and some of the maids from the uh, housing where people would stay would go to this one shrine at nighttime, usually like under cloak of darkness because they were embarrassed. Get, because they would get STDs and they would pray. And, and if you think about like STDs, what does it do? It makes you feel like you're on fire. Yeah. The shrine was also popular with blacksmiths too, which also makes sense. And the the road was, it was one of the main lodging areas between uh, Edo and Kyoto, right? Yeah. Because like the roadside tea houses are like kind of traveler's huts were always very, they're the in culture is a very big thing for people traveling on foot between places in like the Edo period. Yes. So the, Precursor, actually, to this festival of the Kanemaru Matsuri would have been the Jibeta Matsuri, which was literally ground festival. People sat near bamboo sprouts in the spring to absorb the life force. You'll put things inside of your rice wine, your sake, and try to absorb the life forces of that. Like, people will go about, like, they have no cobras in Japan like they do in China. They have habu snakes. They're in the same family. But they're the most dangerous thing in Japan. So people will go around and catch the habu snakes, put them in bottles of wine of the sake. And if it dies in there, like it'll be alive and you cap that thing off for like three months and the life force, the life essence of that snake will be absorbed into that sake. And then you drink the sake. And they, they do the same thing with cobras over in China. Sometimes they put venom from cobras or habus inside of some stuff and you'll drink that. But they, you know, this is an aphrodisiac. And, and one of the things to absorb the life force, Jibeta Matsuri, the precursor to the Kanemaru Matsuri. Kind of cool, cool. But Adam, you have another festival, Yeah, right? there's another one that kind of runs parallel to this. It's called the Honensai Matsuri, which, and Matsuri just means festival in Japanese. Uh, this one actually just passed. It was March 15th, so it was, what, 50 days before we started doing this? And it's essentially the same idea. It's a fertility and prosper, prosperous fertility, you know, it, it, it's, it's a harvest festival at the end of the day. 
and they, they kind of associate the growth um, of the plants and they associate the fertility of the land also with the fertility of people. And again, it's the same, it's the same concept. Like the centerpiece is a giant, is a giant wooden penis. It's a giant wooden phallus on a boat that they walk up and down the streets. And I was so happy I got to read this line. It says Shinto priests say prayers to impart blessings <laughs> upon the giant wooden phallus. And I think as someone who studies history, that might be one of the coolest lines of things I've ever had to read. But that's that's essentially the exact same thing. And what they go down the street to the to the shrine, they dance around with a little bit, and they come back, and that's it. And it's you know it's just the similar parallels, similar ideals behind it, the whole growth and fertility motif, I guess you can say. But today, it's it's supposed to be non-discriminatory, you know, because it's out in the daylight. But way back in the 1600s, when this stuff kind of started. This was something that people did at night. Like people would go to the shrine at night, like to pray. I mean, these these are the days before penicillin and things like that. And if you have STDs, you're like, whoa, I have a fiery demon down there, and let me go to the shrine and try to pray and try to get help for this from uh, you know some supernatural way. And all of the Shinto monks at that shrine, they saw all these people coming at nighttime, and then they started to have a festival which was out in the day, so you didn't have to be embarrassed. But when they started it again, because it died out for a while, they actually, like in 1970, started to do it at nighttime for the first 40 years. But it really got really huge because uh, one of the pop stars in Japan in like 2012 went there. And what was his name? Deluxe is his last name. But Mitsuko he, Deluxe. But he made the thing popular. You know, he made it like OK and cool. And, and they, they have fucking pub crawls <laughs> around it. Sake tasting. And, and you guys saw some of the crazy tasting sake, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. Is, it was uh, what, the one that I sent yeah. you guys. Uh, Amazake, where they make you eat a salty fish and then take a shot of this creamy sake and it creamy it's, white it's sake, to, creamy yeah. white sake, yeah. and it gives you. It's supposed to like taste like taste like, like semen. It's supposed to <laughs> yeah. Which it goes back to the whole milk thing. Like somebody yeah. had to do that in the first place to figure out what it tasted like. Like, oh no, this is not the right profile. It's like the guy that like <laughs> sucked on a cow tit the first time. I was like, that's refreshing. Like it's <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines as that. Well, between between our last episode with the STD experiments in Guatemala and this one, and I like I had a spell. I, I've never had to spell gonorrhea before, and I found out that Microsoft doesn't want to spell gonorrhea for me. So they I have don't want I, it. So I, can you guys spell gonorrhea right now? Can, like, no. like without no. looking at no, it? No, not at all. Oh, something. <laughs> My browser, my browser history after this and last week, Jesus <laughs> fucking <Just> Christ! <laughs> they think I got like fucking STDs. I'm going to penis festivals. And <laughs> I mean, it's a big thing. I mean, granted, the focus is now more on sexual health, HIV yeah. and AIDS yeah. research. And it's also sponsored by Hitachi, the guys who both make like the construction equipment and also dildos, like the vibrating dildos. They make vibrating dildos. That's 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 golden. what Hitachi is. It, it's a it's a massage device. Yeah. I like how you put up the air quotes. Yeah. Adam is doing air quotes for us. Well, it was originally <laughs> right created now. to be an actual massage device. <laughs> All right. So we've got these, what are they called? Makoshis? Makoshis. Adam, Adam, it's kind of like, this, a, right? like when you go to the San Gennaro Festival and you see like the big, uh, with like litters, I guess you call yeah, them. Yeah, they're portable shrines. Them. That's yeah. what they are. That's they're they're they like are. a planquin or something like along those lines. It's same aesthetic. It's a portable but, shrine. But they bring out portable shrines with phalli. Multiple phalluses, phalli, <laughs> and we've got one wood, one stone. Yeah, this is. What's the, the Elizabeth one made of? I didn't see that. Is that paper mache? It, or is it's that? just like I think it's, it's just a big plastic one. It's a big pink dildo. Pink, yeah, yeah, the big pink dildo. Yeah. But like, yeah, these ten foot dildos brought through the streets by these really serious Shinto monks. They will loan out the monk garb for anybody that's there to wear because they the look of it. They just want to preserve. It has a very Lupercalia kind of feel to it. Oh. 
doesn't it? But like with very hardcore, like Lupercal kind of, with more penis. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it with is 100% a celebration of the penis in every way. And they charge, from what I could find, an astronomical amount of money for these penis objects, the penis popsicles and penis cakes. And and, and vulva, vulva cakes and popsicles. Vulva cakes, too. They don't want to discriminate. There's a little bit of something for everyone. And there are all of these flavored sakis, not just the semen-flavored sake, but there's a bunch of other flavored sakis as well. As far as what I've read, they name them like interesting things like they do with male and female genitalia. Well, like I said, it goes off the like the kind of the duality of the pronunciation of kanji. So it can mean both like precious jewels, but also yeah, I saw that testicles. family jewels and precious jewels. I <laughs> yeah. saw that shit. Yeah, or eternity or uh, vagina. Apparently, those those kanji like banko or manko, and it means yeah. vagina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a slang for it's vagina. slang for vagina. Yeah, it's, it was actually it was it was resurrected, or rather, it, it kind of even rose farther into popularity because of a drag queen club. They're the ones that have the Elizabeth Mikoshi. They're the yeah. ones, they, they kind of donated the giant the giant pink. Pink one. Yeah, it kind of gets all the one. attention. They call it Elizabeth too after yeah. The, yeah. the name of the club who donated it. And it used to be the people um, of the drag club that would carry that Mikoshi. But now it's just anybody that wants to carry. But that is the one that gets the attention. I think it's the biggest. It's the biggest. It's bright pink. So, yeah. I mean, it, it actually was. Grabs your eye. It grabs your eye. <laughs> it was so big at one point that <laughs> and the guys eye. were becoming so old. It was like an 80s drag club. Mm. And the guys were becoming so old that they actually affixed it to like rails and just pushed it down the street. <laughs> like and you have like 10,000 motherfuckers dressed as Liza what? Minnelli carrying a big. <laughs> I was going to say, do you still have to cross dress to carry it? You have to. You have yeah, to. You, have you to. must cross dress mm-hmm. to carry that. Right. That Mikoshi. Yeah. Yeah, and this is, it's all, it's also part of the actual festival that there's actually like a route and there's specific times that they do this. So they basically advise people who are going to attend the festival to start getting there in the morning because if it gets too big, they will actually stop letting people in because this is a residential area that this festival actually takes place in. Yeah, and it's super cool looking when when you look at it. Yeah, it's a residential area. So like when you're having 30 to 50,000 people show up to this event, they do, like if it starts ballooning too quickly, they kind of halt. So they recommend people arrive early. So I saw like basically before 9 a.m. And then at 11 a.m., they start kind of getting ready to actually have the procession of the the shrines that they're going to carry. And there's three of them because they do it actually at... 12 that I read. 12 p.m. is when they mm. actually carry the shrines. It's like getting your spot for the Mummers Parade. Yeah, yeah and there's there's three um, that we had And you at. can get caught inside of the shrine itself, too, of the uh, the temple, rather, the Shinto temple. Like, if you don't get out of the Shinto, like, you can go into the Shinto temple where these Makoshi are, but once they start to move them out, they lock the doors, and you can get, like, trapped inside and then not be able to get out into the procession, into the big penis parade that they have. Oh, jeez. <laughs> because that's the main feature. That's what you want to go for. Yeah. So the first one that they actually carry is the one that's kind of the what it's carried in is kind of like boat shaped mm-hmm. from what I described. So it's sometimes called like the boat shaped shrine that they carry. The boat shrine. Because the, the oldest one is made of wood. It's like the, yeah, the old one. Design. The oldest one's made of wood. The steel one was donated by the Hitachi Corporation and it's in a boat. Yeah, so that's the, that's the, the Elizabeth first one, Elizabeth, Club. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the oldest one is the wooden phallus, and it's, yeah, it's like the simplest, yeah. Like Hanamari Omakoshi, I believe it, it, that it's called, and it's that's got a the square. One. Omakoshi yeah. square means like the, the great, the great shrine. Or the okay. great. Yeah, that's the oldest, I guess, the original. And I, lo- I looked and I, I saw some images, and there was one. It was like a three foot high. And not, this might just be on the street, but there was like a three foot high steel phallus 
And like, if you you're supposed to rub it for luck. <laughs> well, like like the uh, like the bore at the Reading Terminal. <laughs> oh, there's one at the Reading Terminal. No, there's, there's not a there's not, not a, a dick in the Reading Terminal. There's a bore. It's just like but a they have dick. it. But, but they have a bore as well in. Uh, it's in Italy somewhere. Yeah, it's in Rome. It's in, you, that's what I was going to say. It's in the train station. Well, there's probably a few of them because yeah, the one I was going to say is in Piazza Signorina, which is in Firenze, in mm-hmm. Italy. But I'm sure that they've got them all over the fucking place. You know, you rub the bore's nose and it's good luck. It's good luck. Yeah, the, the, the only f- thing that's not clean. You rub the penis and it gets hard and. You rub it like five hundred times. This is like when you go take a picture with the uh, the balls of the of the bull over at the stock market, but like on steroids. It's like the same. You know, you've never seen that people go and they take pictures with the stock no, outside. There's the bear and the bull, not mm-hmm. the bear and the bull, bear and the bull. Who, who's, well, it's who's a bear and bull, but the bull is a shrine. The, the, the bull shrine, is is a giant statue. statue. And it's, yeah, people like go and take pictures with the testicles at the <laughs> Wall Street stock market. Well, and on that note, they have in front of the Sex Museum in Amsterdam big stone penis in a like a big pond of water and the balls will circulate and they go like round and round like i don't know everybody takes it's over pictures. there's one in napoli too there's like a like <laughs> like there's a phallus museum in napoli like one of one of aphrodite's sons is like a he's both fertility and also like good for your crops so they have Sense. they have these like little like fertility, yeah. dwarf yeah. statues with giant dicks that you're supposed to put in your backyard and acts as a scarecrow. When I was in Italy, I didn't notice any big dicks in people's gardens. <laughs> they had that. They had like, I wasn't looking, looking for it. I wasn't <laughs> I looking for it. I think it was an ancient <laughs> thing. Like it's, <laughs> it's not, use it anymore. Yeah, it's ancient. <laughs> and also, I feel like the the phallic procession here has a much different uh, connotation. It has a lot more to do with like open sexuality. And there's now like a whole like LGBT LGBT excuse not P um, kind of connotation to it now. That but like, that's drags. That's just recent though. It, yeah, no more. Like mostly like the past well, in the last ten years, years or so, yeah. yeah, especially yeah, since they've revived it uh, with the Elizabeth Makoshi, it's yeah, it's a it's a way in Japan because you got to figure Japanese culture isn't necessarily a, a Western culture, though they have had a lot of Western cultural norms kind of rub off on them since World War II. You yeah, know? The, the Meiji period really kind of ruined that for them. Like that's when all like the Western ideals came in because prior to that there was nothing in Shintoism that necessarily outlawed there's no like religious stigma attached to like any kind of homosexuality like you you read about it in like the tale of genji you read about it like in a bunch of different letters between like court personalities and so on and so forth it's thinly veiled but it's there um and as soon as that the western culture in the 1800s kind of starts to like pervade into it it suddenly becomes like oh homosexuality is bad so that's kind of where it disappeared and it came back well it's even more invasive since the occupation after world war ii Mm -hmm. and you got to figure like they didn't even have like you know they didn't wear wedding rings or take vows of marriage or anything like that until the american influence being there that british mentality behind like sex and marriage and so on very 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 uptight very stuffy yeah Yeah, that invaded india too like oh oh, and it's still in india like they very much still follow that british way of thinking about sex and homosexuality and then of course india is one of those cultures that worships the penis and worships the vagina with like all these temples and statues to shiva which is again very similar to what we're talking about but it's not a festival it's literally like a all the time thing. <laughs> yeah, well, in the Kama Sutra, uh, Malananga Vatsyayana, you know, he he said, you know, like whatever you want to do for sex, you know, like to kind of boil it down to the the cliff notes on it. Whatever you want to do is totally fine. You know, if you're homosexual, that's fine. And he goes into all kinds of that. Like if you want to cheat on your wife, that's fine. You cheat on your husband, that's fine. Like like everything. It's all about personal pleasure in every way possible. Not just sex, but like just 
making yourself happy, whatever that entails, is okay. It's like it's like a precursor, like the hedonism kind of. Like, well, when did hedonism come out? Like late seventeen hundreds, early eighteen. Oh, hedonism goes back to the ancient Greeks. Mm. Really? Yeah. Well, it became, it became like a like a, a published philosophy, like among the Brits, who were just like, oh, you know, we're going to go to the, this hedon club. You oh, know? but they like, had the clubs, right? Yeah. <laughs> And the only other, I think, partially and maybe even not related thing is dragon culture in Japan, right? Kawasaki, for one, right? That's the city where our penis festival takes place. Kawasaki itself built a twin-engine fighter in World War II, the Dragon Slayer. So all of these Shinto shrines. Shintoism is related to, they say, water mostly, right? And these Shinto ponds that are always by their their temples are where dragons actually are supposed to live and in kawasaki itself they they've actually in kawasaki you know the, the town is named for the uh well it's not necessarily named for the twin engine fighter that was the dragon slayer in world war ii but they like to name a lot of their stuff after dragons and they have this this great dragon culture there which has nothing necessarily to do with penises other than the fact that like you guys adam and dustin Adam and or Dustin had some things about like dragon penises or not dragon no, penises. Like <laughs> scrotum smacking people in the face though. Is it was, dragon considered a yokai? I guess. I don't know. Like it's I don't know. In in Japanese culture you Everybody have, like, wants Dragon Balls in some way. Dragon Ball Z, I don't know. Dragon Balls. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Well, if, any, if there are any Animal Crossing fans out there, Tom Nook gets his name from Tanuki. Oh, my God. I never put that <laughs> together. Yeah. And that's why he's a giant dick, because <laughs> Tanukis <laughs> were like these like greedy, but also would bring good luck, like these little kind of like woodland creatures that would hide under their giant scrotums. And they would use like there were tales where like it fought off a giant dragon by like blocking its fire with its with its ball sack, with basically. <laughs> yeah. But it also it would like sneak up on you, like hit you with the testicles and shit like that. Like that's what a Tanuki is. <laughs> And then, yeah, and there's myths about the Kitsune, which is this fox-like creature, but it also has the ability to shapeshift into humans, and it's a trickster figure, and it does everything from, you know, help people who are nice to it to punish people who are mean to it. And one of the things about the myth is uh, some of them like to emphasize their, their scrotum, their testicles. They're, they're very large in some of these myths, and they're very proud of them, and they like to sort of swing them and show them off, <laughs> especially to females in some of the myths. Dragon testicles. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> not happening, Joe. It's all I've you got want in it my to head. happen, but it's not Dragon happening. Testicles. I mean, I'm sure you can find something like bull's testicles that they eat, or I know they eat tiger penis. That's China. Is they it? Eat, they oh. eat tiger penis in China. Joe knows all about his animal dicks. If you if you um have dogs, that's what bully sticks are. You know, people buy bully sticks mm -hmm. not knowing what they yeah. are, <sighs> and it's literally dried penises. That's what they no, use for like oysters. Cow penis. Yeah. Well, oysters are the testicles. When you go to Mexico or the Philippines, so like the noodle dish, they make them out of, in Vietnam. They make them out of pizzles of various kinds. Pizzle being the the technical term for for an edible phallus. Yes, <laughs> I don't know yeah. what the fuck? how it applies to dragons. Well, the it, does, it, doesn't. it doesn't relate to dragons. <laughs> Mother of dragons. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, but that's not the, like you know. She doesn't okay. even take the throne to the last season. Well, right. there's those army of people that have their dicks cut off. <laughs> All right, where are we going now? <laughs> is it so, fucking? Is it no, done? I'm, is it over? I think it's it's over. done. It's over. <laughs> it's been over for at least twenty minutes. For at least twenty yeah, minutes. That's what you said. Oh boy! You've been listening to Grim Dark Histories, true crime for mature audiences from around the globe, indulging you in twisted grim 
edutainment, embracing and nourishing the grim in you. To our cult of dark education, travel, and true crime, welcome friends. You have been home and will be again. If you've been following these, well, fuck yeah, first of all, you rock. And please (laughs) review this. If you love it and nobody else knows that we're here, then they don't know we're here. Unless you guys help us out, leave a review, please. We work hard to bring these things from around the globe to you. We do our best to bring you some creative, hard-hitting, fresh, impactful content. And if you happen to ever find yourself in our city, the city of brotherly love and sisterly affections, hit us up for an absolutely live dark histories or true crime tour of the city of Philadelphia with any one of these beautiful motherfuckers that you hear on this podcast, Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, where the presidents drank, copulated, because they did, and see that shit like an adult. Impactful history, like it's meant to be told. GrimPhilly.com for a list of our live tours for like 25 bucks if you're ever there. Info at GrimPhilly.com to say hi. Seriously, just hit us up. Say hi. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. You are alone no more, my Grim family. Beautiful motherfuckers that you are. Keep it beautiful and keep it grim. I was found here.